Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We are talking about right and wrong judgment and um, we're looking at uh, the Sermon on the Mount. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount, the latter half of it. The Sermon on the Mount actually uh, goes over three chapters, uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of, of Matthew. In chapter 5, he talked about doing the right things. In chapter 6, he talked about the right heart, the right motivations for doing the right things. Because some people get all self-righteous and, you know, they do all the right things and they want everybody to see. And so Jesus said, okay, you've learned how to do the right thing. Now make sure that your attitude, that your motivations and all of those things are right. Now he gets to chapter 7, and he's talking about judgment. He's talking about being careful how we now, you know, from this place of doing the right thing, having the right attitude, we can start to judge others for not doing the right thing and not having the right attitude. Amen? <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? How every, every single step, no matter how high you go, you can mess up. And we need to be so careful that we don't mess up as we go up. I've seen this happen in a lot of uh, churches, a lot of leaderships, a lot of people that believe that they're more holy than everybody else. Hello, I think you've run into some of those too. And, you know, they're always telling you how to live your life. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, and you look at their life and go, hmm. Stand in front of a mirror, talk to yourself first, <laughs> then come to me when you're good. You know? <laughs> and, you know, that's the whole thing. We need to learn to live a life that is not only right before God, but is also right before people. You know, people need to see us and welcome us, not be crossing the road when they see us coming. Are you all with me? Amen? All right, this is, let's, get, let's get to this. I've got a lot to say today. So, last time we looked at um, Matthew 7, 1. So, let's begin there where Jesus says, Judge not, that you be not judged. And I love Luke's account. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 37, he brings out three different things. He says, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. I really love that. You know, he, he brings out three different things there. And I think it's good that we just have a look at it just for a moment. Notice he talks about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. He says, all right, there is judgment... But he says there's also condemnation. We're going to talk about righteous judgment, more on righteous judgment today. So we'll look at that. But, you know, what we said not to do was to be condemning. You can judge things without being condemning. Are you all with me? We are to judge things. I will, I will show you scripture today about uh, talking about judging things correctly and doing those things. And we're required to judge certain things, okay? But at the same time, we must not be condemning in the way that we come across. Are you all with me? Amen. And so the other thing also, I want you to notice he said forgive. <laughs> I love that. You know, that forgiveness is so that God can forgive you as well. You know, you can't be unforgiving towards somebody else. You, you are judge, you know, you're judging and you're critical and everything else and you're unforgiving. And then God has a problem getting to you. Are you all here? <laughs> okay. So, we need to be very, very careful. I try not to judge full stop. And the only time I judge is if God gets all over me and says, you really need to do something about this. And I said this to you before. I said this to you last week, and I'm truthful about it. I just say, God, I got enough wrong in my life to go tell anybody, anybody, that they're doing anything wrong. 
maybe that's why he put me here. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, just maybe. Okay, but, but that's something that we need to learn to be that way. Because if we don't come from a place of, listen, we know we're not perfect. And I'm only sharing this with you, not to point something out and say, I'm better than you. I'm just helping you out here in case you're not seeing this. If you are and God's talking to you about it, then forget about anything I say. Just, that's all good. Because sometimes that happens too. You know, sometimes, and it should be this way, it should be that you're just a confirmation of something God's already been saying. If you are in the spirit at all, <laughs> okay, you'll find that people will say things to you that simply confirm what God's already been speaking to you about. That, that happens to me all the time. I have a thought and somebody will jump up and say, oh, I think we should do this. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, no, no, I think we should do this. Yep, I'm in agreement with you. Because I already thought about it. <laughs> I already said yes to it. And, and this is just confirmation. And that's a beautiful life. Amen. Just, you know, you, 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 you're listening to the Lord and people, you know, sharing things with you and you're just in agreement and it just flows. It's beautiful. You know, some people think that's just, uh, we, got, we got accused of, you know, I got, let me change that. I got accused of surrounding myself with yes men. Number one, they're women. No, most of them. <laughs> I don't know where the men part is. Yeah, we got men, but okay. We have a very strong you know, leadership of women in here. And, and that's awesome. Amen. You know? Okay. And, and, but, but the thing was, that person did not understand because they couldn't understand what they saw. They're used to people always disagreeing. And, you know, somebody makes a decision, everybody goes, no, we don't want to argue, 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 argue. And about six days later, they'll, they'll come back to the first thing that was said and do that. We just skip the six days and go straight to it. You know, and the thing was, what they didn't understand was that, you know, God talks to all at the same time. And if you're in the Spirit... It should all be yes and amen. That's the Bible. And if, if that ain't happening in your ministry, get out of ministry. You shouldn't be in it. Something is wrong. Amen? And this person isn't, so anyway. Uh, they were. I don't know where they are. Anyway, moving on. I'm not judging. Okay, so... <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, now, last time we also looked at not judging... According to appearance, remember in John chapter 7, verse 24, let's, let's uh, go to that scripture because that's important. Because there is a judgment that Jesus talks about. John chapter 7, verse... Th- they're having a great time in there. John chapter 7, verse... Anybody want to defect? Okay. John chapter 7, verse 24. It says, do not judge according to appearance. Do not judge according to appearance. And we talked about this last time. I don't want to look at it again, but I want to start here. But he did say, judge with righteous judgment. So there is a righteous judgment that we are to judge with. Amen? And uh, we went to uh, (coughs) look at some of those things that Jesus uh, sort of spoke about Matthew um, 23, I'm not going there again today, uh, where he, he talked about the religious leaders and how terrible it was going to be for them because of the way they were living, because they were unrepentant. Now, can I just take a moment here? It's not about living a perfect life. It's about living a repentant life. You know, just always, you know, be in that place where you're ready to say sorry to God at any moment. 
and, and apologize to anybody around you if you've done anything wrong. Don't hold on to things and don't think that, you know, it's a, a sign of strength. It's, it, that's not a sign of strength. The world will say it is, but I'm telling you right now, that is wrong. Because what that does is open the door for the devil to come in and do whatever he wants because you're in a place that is not the light. We have to get into the light. The way we get into the light is 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 7, I think, around there anyway. The, the first chapter of 1 John talks about light and darkness. And it talks about, you know, you need to be in the light. And you need to admit when you made mistakes. You need to not say to yourself, I never make mistakes. And all of that sort of stuff. It says you need to, you know, you need to say, God, I'm sorry. Whenever anything happens. And that's why he says, if we, conf if we confess our sins. If we acknowledge our sins, 1 John 1, 9. Then he is faithful and just to forgive give us of our sins, but only the ones that we confess. He can't forgive us of something that we don't acknowledge. Are you all with me? Amen? So, again, this is not about talking about living a perfect life at all. This is talking about a life that, remember when we were taking communion today, we judge ourselves. Judge yourselves. If you judge yourself, then the enemy can't judge you. Amen. Did you hear me? There's nothing he can use against you. You are just, <laughs> you just slip through his fingers every single time. Every time he thinks he's got a hold of you, you just verse on one nine and you're gone. That's the end of it. And don't let him plague you with memories. Because he'll work on that too. Whenever something like that comes up, you just need to say this. It's under the blood. The cross took care of it. That's it. End of story. Amen? <clears throat> okay. Let's move to today. <laughs> um, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to start with a, a quote here in, from John MacArthur. He says, that the, as the context reveals, this direction to judge not does not prohibit all types of judgment. We are supposed to exercise a righteous kind of judgment with careful discernment. Hypocritical or condemning, self-righteous, or other kinds of unfair judgments are forbidden. But in order to fulfill the commandments that follow, <clears throat> it is obviously necessary to judge and discern between dogs and swine. That he's going to bring that out. When we were in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, that's brought out in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, where he will say, do not give uh, what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine and so on and so forth. We probably won't get to that, but he, he's going to make mention about that. He's going to talk about that, okay? <clears throat> and that's what uh, MacArthur is bringing out here. Now, we see plenty of examples of righteous judgment throughout the Old Testament and New Testament scriptures. I'm just going to stick to the New Testament. Is that okay? Y'all know there's a lot of right, okay, judgment in the Old Testament, okay? And uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the first example I want to give you is in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me just um, give you the short version. In verses 9 through 11... The Apostle Paul talks to the leadership at the church at Corinth regarding those in the church who are committing what we could only call scandalous crimes. When you read that stuff, you sweat, okay, all right? And living immoral lives, right? And says to them that these people need to be judged or uh, need to, the, the leadership needs to judge and hold these people accountable for what they're doing. And he concludes in verse 12, 1 Corinthians 5.12, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your job. 
to judge those inside the church who are sinning in these ways. And, you know, I didn't want to go through all of it because, like I said, it's quite embarrassing some of the things he brings out. I'm amazed that he can actually sit there and write about those things. Okay, and, uh, and, and I think the King James and the English versions also dial it down some more. Uh, if you read some of the Greek stuff, you'd be like, whoa, all right, that's very, very bad. But the whole point, <laughs> why do we judge that? Because they're sowing bad seeds. If we don't stop them, then we're going to be held responsible for not doing something about it, for not bringing to their attention things that they may not realize. See, realize that are bad. Oh, sorry, I'm in the middle of a thought. Uh, see, what happens a lot of times is you don't know where people are coming from, right? You don't know where, where people got saved from. And to them, there might be things that are just, who cares? Everybody does it, don't they? Actually, no. <laughs> okay? This is actually, seriously, that's why some of the things in the, New, uh, in the New Testament regarding bishops and elders and all of that stuff, you know, one of the instructions is that you've got to have one wife. What do you mean? i got to get rid of the other five? Uh, yeah, one, dude, one. <laughs> okay? See, to them it was like, what's the big deal? It's a problem. You see, again, if somebody didn't mention that to them, they wouldn't know. Didn't, did, you know, no, let's not go there. Confuse issues even more. <clears throat> but those are certain things. Again, this is the reason why we bring things and why we speak the truth in love. Did you get the last two words? In love. Not condemnation, but in love. Now, how people take it, that's a whole other thing. Some people get upset and offended about everything. Well, you can't help that. How they react is up to them. Do you know, there's this little saying that says, we can't control what comes at us, but we do have a choice on how we react to it. Did you get that? Okay? Some people say, well, pray that nothing bad happens. Dude, you're living in a fallen world. It's going to come at you. <laughs> okay? The, the only thing you can control is how you react to it. Yes, you can pray, and yes, you can do all of those things. But some things just get through sometimes. Do you know why? Because people insist on doing the wrong thing. And you say, well, why doesn't God just force them to do the right thing? The same reason he doesn't force you to do the right thing. When you want to do something wrong. That's why. Okay, so <laughs> let's get back to this, shall we? <laughs> but the Corinthians hadn't been doing this. They hadn't been judging correctly. And so he goes on in the next chapter to talk about this. And I want to read these verses out to you. He says, and this is important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I'll be reading from verses 1 through 5. He says, when any, any of you has a grievance against another, because I know this is all the stuff that happens, okay? He says, do you dare to take it to court before the unrighteous instead of taking before the saints. Let me just define what the unrighteous are. The unrighteous are the unsaved. The unrighteous are people that are not hearing God's voice. The unrighteous are people that are not spirit-led in their judgments. Do you understand where he's coming from now? Because he's saying, listen, you can't, you can't hand over saints to be judged by people who have no idea what, who God is or will hear God. They might be listening to the devil in their judgment. He's saying, why are you doing that? Why are, you, you know, why are you letting people that don't hear God judge people that belong to God? Did you, did you all get that? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. 
All right? He's, and see, if we did this, then people wouldn't end up in court. Because we would be taking care of it in here with God's guidance, with God's help, with the gifts of the Spirit. You know, prophecy and all that stuff. <laughs> you can pull people's file, man. You know, and as long as they listen. See, that's the whole thing. Can I just say this now? If you want to act like a brother and receive correction from a brother, then can I just say this? There will be mercy. But if you want to act like an unsafe person, <laughs> and you don't want to listen to your brothers and sisters, then you will be judged by the world. It'll happen, man. When you get out there, they will judge you. You don't fix it in here. They'll judge you out there because you'll do it out there and then that's the end of it. Do you hear what I'm saying? So this is what this is talking about. These things should be taken care of in the house of God and we need to do it correctly. That's why we need to do it right. If we do it right, they won't go outside the church because they didn't feel like they were treated unfairly. Do you understand? It's only people that feel like they've been treated unfairly in church take it out there. And then it's on for young and old. So many things that have happened in the church, in the media, had they been taken care of in the church the way it should have been, would have never got out there. Amen. Just saying. I won't go any further on that one. So, verse 2, <laughs> that was the worst one. Verse 2, he says, do you, not know, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? This is coming. And he says, and if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Watch now. Verse 3, this is huge. He says, do you not know that we are to judge angels? To say nothing of ordinary matters. We're, we're even going to be judging angels. Some people worship them. We're going to be judging them. They better do all the right things, okay? All right, verse 4. He says, if you have ordinary cases, then do you appoint as judges those who have no standing in the church? I, in verse 5, he says, I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to decide between one believer and another? So you see where he's coming from. He's saying, listen, you need to make some righteous judgments. You need to, be, you know, you need to keep your eyes open. You need to keep your ears open to God. You need to see with spiritual eyes, hear with spiritual ears, and you know, be led by the Spirit in everything that you do. And if you do it right, then not only will the person receive counsel, listen, but the Lord will back up his word and give them the strength to do it. Do you see the difference? The world can only tell you what to do, but God gives you the strength to do it. That's why this is so much better. Amen. Because, you know, you can tell people till you're blue in the face, but if they don't receive it and they don't have the strength to change, it won't, you know, they might be sincere and really want to change, but they don't have the strength to do it. Why? Because we are arrayed against, there is a kingdom of darkness that is being arrayed against us. And we need to know that our battle isn't in flesh and blood, even in ourselves. It's not about this. It's about what's coming at us. And if we learn how to bind those things, then we will find that we will do the right thing more often. Amen? <clears throat> Let's continue. In other words, there are times that God will require us to be spirit-led and judge righteously and not 
uh, just things relating to sin, but also spiritual things as well. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians, since we're in 1 Corinthians, to chapter 14 and verse 29. See, I'm making it easy for you in the back there today. No. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> having Ruan on there is like getting a cannon to shoot a mosquito. Thank you. We appreciate what you're doing. All right. So, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Watch this. Now, even in spiritual matters, it says, Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Isn't that something? He says, even when people are giving, you know, uh, uh, prophecies. And can I just say this to you, please? I, you know, I need to say this to you guys because, because... You are so, uh, how can I put this? You honor people. You know, when, when somebody's in ministry, you honor those people. And you will just swallow whatever they say. And so I'm saying to you, from this place, I'm saying to you, be careful. Not everything, not every single person that has passed in front of their name that says, thus saith the Lord, is right. Did you hear that? Okay. Um, just because it said, thus said the Lord, the Lord might say, I didn't say thus. All right. And I said, none of that stuff. <laughs> okay. they, people hear stuff, man. Some days it's thus said the pizza. <laughs> or thus said something else that they had that night. You know, whatever. But it wasn't the Lord. And then they go, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. All right. Ruin somebody's life. But, you know, you, you have to be careful. I am saying to you. That's why I don't do a thus said the Lord on you guys, ever. Have you ever heard me do that? Never. I will not say thus said the Lord. And if I, if I feel like it's the Lord, I'll say, I think this is the Lord. I'm not sure. If it is right, take it. If it is not, spit it out and move on. I'm good with that. I'm not insecure. I'm not one of those priests that go, oh, they don't take my, nobody listens to me. I said, that said the Lord, and they go, who knows? And uh, I mean, seriously, <laughs> there are some people like that. If you don't listen to every single word they say, I, you know what I say to people like that? Get out of ministry. You don't belong in there. This is not about you and how many people listen to you. Because you said it was the Lord. It's about them. And you helping them out. And if you get it wrong, please tell them. <laughs> okay? <laughs> let them decide. But even the Apostle Paul had to say this. He said, let two or three prophesy. Now watch this again. Let two or three prophets speak. And let the others judge. Not let the others swallow it. Let the others judge. And we say, yep, that's right. I know people that came to, when I was going to Bible college, people that would come in. I want to give you some examples. Is that okay? All right. People would come in, ministers, you know, and they would, they would start ministering. And then they would give prophecies. And thus said the Lord, Chrissy, that, you know, you've had a drinking problem. But, no, seriously. You had a, she, has, she hasn't. Okay. No, 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 no. No. You, no, I want to make a point. You've had a drinking problem, but God has seen your heart and God will deliver you. And all those men, don't worry about it. God will take care of all of it. And Chris is standing go, going, I don't drink. I don't know any man. I wish I did. But I don't know. You know. <laughs> you know it's just like, no. <laughs> okay, you know, this has happened. People that, people that stand there and they're going red in the face because none of it's true. And everybody that's listening is going, I didn't know the brother drank. 
I don't know the system was whatever, you know? And they're going, oh, it wasn't me. What is this? What do I do with that? And because it's, you know, a prophet so-and-so, because bless God, they've got a big ministry. They have newsletters and they have a, you know, online presence. And everything they say is right. If anybody says that, it's not. Already you know there's a problem there. You're here with me. I, I just want to make you guys wise to this. So you don't get led astray. Amen? And, no, <laughs> and I still remember to this day. We finished. And, you know, this, these people came up and said, we don't do any of those things. We never did it. You know, they were just trying to defend themselves. And they could see some people going, ah, oh, yeah, try to deny it, are we? Yeah, but the prophet has spoken. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody. See, watch what you say out of your mouth because you don't know who's listening. And you don't know who doesn't have the sense enough to know it wasn't right. And then you've, you, you've done something to someone in front of everybody that is now causing them all kind of grief. And now they're trying to live down something they never did. Just things that, that's where he's coming from. That's what, you know, this is what we call righteous judgment. You think something is off, you go, I don't think that's right. But he said, thus saith the Lord. And all of those other things. Doesn't matter. It doesn't sit. It sounds right, but something's wrong with it. Judge righteously. You don't have to be condemning, but judge righteously. Amen? And then forgive. Say, Lord, whatever he's doing, he obviously believes he's right. Please talk to him and help him <laughs> before he gets in trouble. Because somebody will <laughs> won't be so gracious. Amen? The left hand of fellowship or whatever. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you know, those, it's there. All right, moving on. <laughs> Added to this, there are at least two other areas of righteous judgment mentioned in the New Testament. The first is when choosing uh, people in leadership, bishops and elders and deacons, all those sort of things. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, which I won't read, because it's a lot of verses, okay? You can look at that. But it, there's a whole list of verses that talks about qualifications, which means you're judging somebody, which means you're saying, we need to judge to see if you're going to be suitable for a position of leadership. If you're doing the right thing, yes. If you're doing the wrong thing, we can't put you up here. You're here because that then speaks to the kind of ministry we are. All right? And then he goes on to talk about in this, the second type is when you're discerning people with our, uh, you know, which are unruly or faint-hearted and weak. This one's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. That one I will read because it's one verse. And I have a few minutes. How many minutes do I have? Was it 10? Something like that. Oh, seven now. Okay. I used up three minutes. Okay. In 1 Thessalonians 5.14, it says, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. <laughs> warn those who are lazy. Okay. And <laughs> don't just leave them be. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. You need to make certain judgments to do that. You need to judge somebody and say, okay, this person is a weak person. Oh, brother, I don't want to say that. Well, you know what? That's the truth. But that doesn't mean that we speak weakness over them. We need to take care of that now. If we don't make righteous judgments and we don't see what is in front of us, then God will not be able to help them through us because we're burying our head under the sand. That's why I said there's, there's, we have to be so careful as God starts to show us things that we don't use that like a big power stick and beat people over the head with it. 
because we now know something about them. That's condemning. Do you understand? We need to, as soon as we find out something, this is not to go and spread on the grapevine. This is to go to God and say, okay, okay hello. Okay, it's to say, God, how do I help them with this? And can I say it is one of the most uncomfortable things you will deal with when you know something that is wrong and you're trying to find the answer and you're trying to help them out. And you're saying, God, I really don't want to say anything. And he says, you need to say something because then I can talk to them about it because they're not hearing right now. And my usual thing is, I'll tell him once, you better do all the rest. <laughs> one time, you get me once, that's it, one time. <laughs> I am serious, guys. If I say something, write it down, because I won't tell you again. Don't expect me to run behind you and tell you over and over again something is wrong. I'll tell you one time, then I'll pray over it. And if you're hearing, then you're hearing. If you're not, you don't want to know. But then your blood's off my hands. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. All of you are wonderful, okay? I'm not talking to anybody here. Okay, so, praise God. But, you know, we don't know what's going to come in the church. Hello, amen? So, I'm very appreciative of what we have in front of us right now. Very blessed. Moving on, uh, Robert H. Mounts gives us further insights when he writes, Jesus does not ask us to lay aside our critical faculties, but rather to resist the urge to speak harshly of others with the understanding that God will judge us by the same standard we apply to others. Did you get that? This rather frightening truth should change the way in which we tend to view other people's failings. That is the question I always ask myself. How would I want to be judged if I was doing what they were doing? How would I want to be spoken to if I was doing that? I always ask myself that question, and that's how I approach it. I never approach it. I'm, we all have days in the flesh, okay? All right, okay, all right? But my, my heart is to never approach it from a place of, well, you know what? God's told me, so I'm God's judge now, here to judge you and to tell you how to live your life is not how it is, and it never should be that way. Are you all here? Okay. Because I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. All right. In fact, as a rule, we should always keep Galatians 6, 7 in mind. Whenever we make any kind of judgment at all, that's where the Apostle Paul says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man or woman sows, that he or she will also reap. Did you hear me? You are sowing seeds. Even in your judgments, you are sowing seeds. You don't want those things to come back as crops. Hallelujah. Make it good ones. Make them merciful things. You want all those crops to come in. Amen? Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> William Hendrickson puts it so well when he says, To be discriminating and critical is, uh, is necessary. However, to be hypercritical is wrong. One should avoid saying what is untrue, unnecessary, and unkind. Did you get all those three categories? Well, it's true. I speak the truth. <laughs> we don't want truth from you. Because the way it comes out is like a sledgehammer. Are you all here? Be careful. See, some people say, well, I just, you know, I, the Bible says speak the truth. Yes, in love, in love, in love. Not just the truth. If you just want to speak truth, go somewhere else. We don't need that kind of truth in this church. Amen. Nor do we want it in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Are we getting something from this? I pray that you are. 
Therefore, even though something may be true, if it falls into the category of unnecessary and unkind, then it's best to keep it to yourself, is what I've said here. All right, in John chapter, how much time do I have? Do I need to quit? Quickly, quickly. Okay, thank you. All right. John chapter 8. We can do this. We can do this. John, he was taking up seconds there. John <laughs> chapter 8 and verse 15. <laughs> John chapter 8, verse 15. Jesus is speaking again. And he says, you judge according to the flesh. He says, I judge no one. That is according to the flesh. Okay. Verse 16. And, if, um, and yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I'm not alone. For I am with the Father who sent me. In other words, he's saying whenever he judges, it's something that is coming from the Father. It's not something he's got a bone to pick. And he's got something he just wants to get off his chest. It's never like that. It's the, the Father speaking to him and saying, you need to tell these people this. You need to correct them. You need to bring this to their attention so that they will stop doing these things. That's the reason why over and over again, you know, at one point he says, you know, I, I tried to, I was like a, a mother hen trying to bring you in, talking about the nation of Israel, but you just resisted me and you would not listen. And now your house is going to just be desolated. And, you know, and it happened. The temple was, was, was burnt down so many years after his death. He, you know he was, what he was trying to do? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were all different divisions. And they were at strife with each other. And he was trying to bring them all together and solidify them. So that what was coming wouldn't happen. Do you know God will do everything he can to stop calamity coming your way? He can see what's coming. And if you listen to him, you will have a whole nother future as opposed to what the devil planned for you. Amen. And that's the future he wants for you. He has prepared something tremendous, but you need to listen. You need to do those things and you need to understand whenever he corrects you, it's not because he's just being daddy and he wants to beat somebody. It's, it's because he, he's doing good up there. Can I just say that? He doesn't need nothing from you. Okay, what he's doing is trying to make your life better. And so what he's doing is any correction he makes is so that he, because he can see where it ends and where it leads to, he wants to make those corrections so that you are blessed whenever you get there. Hallelujah. And you do get there. Amen. Uh, there are so many destinies that, are, that go unfulfilled because the people aren't listening to God, because people are saying, no, God, I want to do it my way. And they have that stupid song going in their head. I did it my way and went to hell. That's pretty much it, okay? You, you need to do things God's way because he is looking out for your very best. He is daddy looking after you. You're with me? So if he's just talking to you about anything and you're feeling a little judge, it's because he's trying to get you off a track of destruction and onto one of blessing. Hallelujah. Okay. <sighs> oh, I ran out of time. Oh, now you want to throw it out. Okay. <laughs> Gee, they're quick when it's over. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, let me just finish with this. In other words, we must be very careful not to judge people according to their outward appearances. Because that's what, what our natural man, both instinctively and habitually, does. Amen? And... I can't leave it there. I, just one more, one more thing. In James chapter 2, could you guys give me a few more minutes? Okay. I just read these scriptures. We'll come back to this and we'll look at them in detail. Okay. 
Um, James writes, I love James. <laughs> He's a half-brother of Jesus. He learned so much from his half-brother. You know, he wasn't saved while Jesus was around. You know, he only got saved after Jesus died and resurrected. And then he gave his life to the gospel and for it. Um, and he writes in James chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My brothers, that sisters as well, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. And he, he then begins to give a hypothetical. He says, suppose a man or woman comes into your meeting wearing gold rings and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the ma man, man or woman wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or you sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? We'll go and look at that next time. Be careful how you think. It's amazing how we are pre-programmed to think certain ways. Amen? And we have got to overcome that programming and reprogram it. It's called the renewing of the mind. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, that as we are learning and growing in these things, these are corrections that we're going to make in our life. We are not going to look to see how we can help somebody else get their life straight and judge them, but we are going to look at ourselves and see how we can get our lives straight. Hallelujah. Live right by you and be a blessing, not only to you, Lord, but to everyone around us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.